this is Steve with Life Worth Living Church. Today we're going to be covering part two of the series that we've been talking about, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to mentor us. You know, a lot of times we're looking for human mentors, but can you imagine having the Holy Spirit of God personally mentor you in your life, not just spiritually, but personally, professionally, and in every, and certainly spiritually, in every area of your life? A spirit-led person learns to simply to receive the Holy Spirit each and every morning. You just open up your heart and ask, Holy Spirit, would you please fill my life? And you know what? If you do that every morning, you're going to receive the Spirit of God into your soul. And He's going to help you do the things that you can't do yourself. You know, I've, I've tried to have faith before, and I couldn't, I couldn't work up enough faith to save my life. But when I invited the Holy Spirit into my life, I started having faith naturally. I started having peace naturally and joy, self-control, all of these things that are fruits of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives in me and I asked Him to come in and help me. It's crazy. Today you'll see how living a Spirit-led life is going to help you to not be affected by what other people think about you. It's a neat a side benefit or byproduct of having the Holy Spirit of God lead you, or how you can have your thoughts just naturally focused on God, naturally thinking about God and His Word, His wonders, His promises. You'll find that when you let the Holy Spirit into your life, God will actually distract you. Instead of being distracted away from God, He will distract you towards Himself. So listen in, and I hope you're going to be super blessed by this. But we're talking about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And listen to this carefully. We're told to seek God. To seek God. Why would we seek God? Well, we want to find Him right? You know that game, hide and seek? You, you, you seek to find. But I want to tell you, you shouldn't have to be seeking the rest of your life. Once you find God, then you follow him. So yes, you seek, but at some point you need to find. And when you find, you don't have to seek anymore, per se. You just need to follow. Now, that's not to say that we aren't always to have a seeking heart, and, and desire God more and more. But at some time, God ceases to be an enigma to us, a mystery to us, and we simply start to follow him. And I'll tell you what, that shouldn't take a lifetime to get to. You find God pretty quickly when you start seeking him. And from that point forward, we just need to begin to follow him. So seek him, find him, and follow him. And that's, that's one of the secrets to being led by the Holy Spirit is then, you know, at some point, you just need to start following God and, and setting your own agendas aside and taking on God's agenda. So we're going to continue on in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. We covered verses 1 through 11 last week, and now we're going to continue on in verse 12, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me read you this verse in 1 Corinthians 2.12, and you can put your finger in that in that part of the Bible, if you're reading a, a physical book versus your phone or your, your, your tablet, because we're going to refer back to 1 Corinthians 2 throughout this whole entire message. Um, we'll be flipping around to a couple of other scriptures as well. But 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, What we have received is not 
the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Listen to those words. What we have received is not a spirit of the world, but a spirit who is from God. So my question is, do I go out and get the spirit of God? Do I go get it? And it, first of all, the spirit of God is not an it, it's a who. So do I go out and get him? No, the Bible says I receive the Spirit of God. That means the Spirit of God is given to me, and I simply need to receive the Spirit of God. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, What do you have that you did not receive? What did you receive? And, and if you received it, why do you boast as though you did, you did not? So there's nothing in life that's, that, that we go and get ourselves. Everything in life is received from the Holy Spirit of God. Even ungodly people receive things from God. There's no such a thing as a self-made millionaire. Millionaires are made by God. All right. There's no such a thing as a self-made success. They received success from God whether they believe in God or not. All right, so all we can do in life is receive. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, again, it says, what do you have that you didn't receive? I got to thinking about it myself. I, I didn't go out and get my wife. My wife was given to me by, my, by God. My children were given to me by God. My job was given to me by God. There's nothing that I can go out and take credit for. So all I can do in life is receive. I'm like a cup that receives. And when I finally start overflowing, that's when I can give. I can't give until I've received from God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 puts it in perspective. I just said we're all like cups. Here's what the Bible says about that. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The Bible describes you and me as jars of clay. In other words, cups, glasses. We don't, have, we don't drink or eat from jars of clay anymore. We have glass cups or plastic cups. But we're simply these jars of clays, and we contain treasures in us that God has given us. Some of us don't even realize how, how many treasures, how many riches, what giftedness we've been, we've been given and we've received inside of ourselves. It takes a lifetime for those giftings to start flourishing and budding and giving fruit. So the question is then, if we're jars of clays or, or we're cups that receive, is how do we receive? Well, like any cup, we simply open ourselves to this new source and let God pour his Holy Spirit into us. We've got to open ourselves up to God. How do we do that? Well, in Revelations 3.20, Jesus says that he's standing at the door of our heart, of our life, and he's knocking. If anyone hears his voice, and listen to this, opens the door. If we'll just open our lives to Jesus, then he will come in. His Holy Spirit will come into our life and eat. That's Revelations 3.20. So I know I'm going over some things I've discussed before, but it's so vital, so important for this to be the basis of everything we do with God. All I can do is receive. But how do I position myself to receive? Well, I do three things. I read the Bible and I practice what I read. Every time I set my eyes on a scripture, 
I'm opening my soul to God. Every time I place my eyes on a scripture, I'm opening my soul, my spirit to God. Secondly, I pray, I talk, and I listen to God. That opens my soul for his Holy Spirit to come in. And thirdly, how can I position myself to receive? I regularly join with other believers. There is something about physically, regularly joining with other believers that opens my soul to God. And I challenge anyone to disagree with me who's experienced both sides of the coin. Tell me if you do, if you get closer to God when you're consistently part of a body of believers, a group of believers, or when you're by yourself and you've isolated yourself. Answer this question for yourself. Do you receive more from God when you're isolated or when you're with a physically joined together with a body of believers on a consistent basis? You receive more from God when you're together with a body of believers. It's undeniable, all right? So listen to this. God wants to give you his Holy Spirit every day of the week, 365 days a year, day and night he wants to give you his holy spirit you and i we just need to receive his holy spirit look at this in luke 11 verse 11 all the way through verse 13 luke 11 11 through 13 it says jesus is, is, is talking to his disciples which of your fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion then if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's in Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. If you want the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask. Ask every morning. God, give me your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Here's another one, John 20, verse 22. Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive. And, and Jesus is literally breathing on us right now. In John 20, verse 22. Jesus is breathing on us every day and saying, Receive my Spirit in you. Receive my Spirit in you. He's given it. We just need to receive it. Now, I love this one in John chapter 3, verse 34. John 3, 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. That's the Holy Spirit. He speaks the word of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. It's not only just a little bit of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give you. He wants to give you more than you can ever contain and he wants to give you the Holy Spirit continuously, continuously, every day. And so this is my takeaway from this one verse, is the Spirit-led person learns to simply receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Spirit-led person learns to simply receive the Holy Spirit. Don't go out and try to get the Holy Spirit. Don't, you know, stay on your knees four hours a day begging God for his Holy Spirit. He wants to give it to you. Just ask him for it and position yourself to receive by reading the Bible, by joining with other believers, by, by talking to God, by listening to God. But we have lots of other ground to cover. Let's keep on going. Again, 1 Corinthians, going back to our main set of scriptures here, 1 Corinthians 2.12. 
What we have received is not a spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. So if you receive the Holy Spirit of God in you daily, you will begin to understand God's given me a lot of things Mm. that I may not see, know, or even enjoy right now. So you get God's Holy Spirit in you every day, you're going to start realizing, your eyes are going to be open. Oh my goodness, God has given me so many things that I haven't even realized. And you may not see them physically, but when you start having the Holy Spirit, you'll know God has given me everything that I need. So what what is... What has God given us? Well, let me tell you what. The reason we don't know what God has given us is because we haven't received His Holy Spirit the way that we should. Instead, we tend to receive the spirit of the world. What's the spirit of the world? Well, it's that spirit of, I'm going to go out and get it myself. I'm going to go conquer myself. I'm going to go make things happen myself. When we stop living that way and we receive the Spirit of God, we get far more than we could have ever gotten on our own. But this way of receiving the spirit of the world, we, be, we remain poorly sourced Christians. Pitiful, puny, shriveled up, powerless Christians. That is never how God intended us to be. He intended us to have be full of God's blessings, both spiritual and physical. But look at this in Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will what? They'll be given to you. They'll be given to you. You won't have to go out and get them. God will simply give them to you. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Given to you. Don't trust in your praying. Don't trust in your faith. Trust in the living God, and he will give you your needs and even your wants. Matthew 10, 19. But, and Jesus was talking to his disciples, forewarning them that they were going to be persecuted. He said, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, it will be given what to say. So we don't have to store up here on earth all the wisdom and be prepared. The Holy Spirit will give us what we need when we need it. Matthew 13, 11, he replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. And we could get into that whole story there. But, but I'll tell you what, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus, in Matthew 13, 11, you're going to be given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be given. They're, they're, they're going to be given to you. Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus calls his disciples to them, to him, And he gives them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. What Jesus gave that, did he give it to all his followers? No, he gave it to his 12 disciples. And that's a very important thing to realize. I want to ask you, do you feel powerless right now? Ask yourself, am I following Jesus? Because if you are a disciple of Jesus, you're following Jesus... He is going to begin to empower you, to give you authority, first and foremost, over your own life. And then you can begin to pray for others and see them freed as well. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He's going to give us all things. If we're a spirit-led person, full of the Holy Spirit, he will give us all things. And we'll talk about that in just a second. In Matthew 25, 15, Jesus is giving a parable and he says, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The point is, the talents that you have are, <laughs> they're, they're from God. The gifts that you have, they're from God. And this word ability, and I could go off on a rabbit trail, which I won't. This word ability is, is from the word dunamis or power in the New Testament. And it's the word that we get, uh, the, the word that we, the English word that we get dynamite from. So each of us, according to the power that God has at work within us, he begins to give us what we need for our lives. Let's look at Acts 1.8. Are you starting to get the sense that God has given you a lot? That you have a lot at your disposal? What does it take? Be spirit-led. Be filled with the Spirit. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. And that's the same word, dunamis. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, receive it. All right? Ephesians 1.17 through 19, Paul is praying for the Ephesian church. And he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Do you remember what it takes to get the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit? Ask for it every day. Ask for it every day. God will give you his Holy Spirit. You will know him better. The eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Some folks on the line right now are incredibly hopeless. Let me tell you the answer to, to this, to your hopelessness, the Holy Spirit. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit and he will bring such hope and light and wonder into your heart. You won't know what to do with it all. It goes on in Ephesians 1.18, And the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Verse 19, And is an incomparably great power, dunamis power, for us who believe. You know what? People who are religious don't have much power. But people who believe in Jesus and on Jesus, they have available to them amazing power for their lives. Power to live your life on top of your life, not under your life. Then I'll switch over to 2 Peter 1.3, and this is in the New King James Version. I love how it says it. It says, As God's divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's in 2 Peter 1.3. And then I'll end with this. I could, I could, I'm telling you, I could read for four hours straight scripture after scripture after scripture that proves that we're simply to receive and that God is the source of all of these things. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 21 through 23. All things are yours. And that's for someone this morning. You've been thinking, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the other. And physically, you're right. You don't. But when you start being spirit-led, you're going to come to realize all things are yours. 
whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, and there was some bickering in the Corinthian church where some folks were following Apollos and others Cephas, who's the apostle Peter, and, and the apostle Paul was saying, all these leaders are yours. Don't just claim one of them. They're all for you. And, and, and then he goes on, he says, whether it's the world or life or death, the present or the future, all are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. So stop looking at your physical situation and start being led by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to come into a different situation, a higher place, a place where you're provided to for, where God takes care of your needs, spiritual, emotional, physical, family needs. Be Spirit-led. Praise God. The, the, the Bible wants us to, to be Spirit-led. So as you are Spirit-led, God will give you what you need and many times even what you want. And there's a little caveat there, okay? God will... Give me a second. I'm getting some feedback here. I apologize for pausing, but I got some feedback. I want to make sure I've got everybody on mute. Okay. Um, God isn't always going to give you what you want. And why is that? Well, what you want sometimes is really bad for you. I would say five times out of ten, the things that I want, I'm relieved that God hasn't given to me. I thought they were good for me. I thought they would do me good, and they, were, they would have actually been very bad for me. So, yes, God gives us what we need. Yes, God gives us what we want many times. But sometimes God is so merciful, and He loves us so much, He says, you know what? You really don't want that. <laughs> and so I praise God for him sparing me my desires sometimes. But it is true that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Let's read on in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. That's in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. Just continuing to read on where we were before. All right, let's look at this, this phrase, taught by the Spirit. Last week we talked, talked about being a teachable person. All right, why do we want to be a teachable person? Because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. We need to be taught by the Spirit. Let me tell you a story. Um, Back in my late twenty, no, in my mid twenties, late twenties, and early thirties, I had two mentors. These were two men. They just happened to be men. Women make incredible mentors as well, but mine happened to be two men who mentored me over the course of nine years, and they were they were work mentors. After those nine years, I quit having a mentor. These men took particular interest in me and poured what they knew into me. I'll never forget them and I'm just in, in, eternally indebted to them. But after these nine years, I went through a spell where I didn't have a mentor anymore. And in my mid-30s, I would pray to God, God, please give me another mentor. I need, I need a mentor, God. And I'll never forget God's response to me. He said, can I be your mentor? <laughs> Can I be your mentor? Can you imagine the spirit of the living God being your personal mentor and teaching you everything that you need to know? 
You know, Jesus was referred to by almost everyone, even his enemies, as teacher. Jesus was referred to as teacher, in other words, mentor. A teacher, a real teacher, a true teacher is a mentor. Now, now that Jesus stands at the right hand of God interceding for us, he sent us his very own spirit, the Holy Spirit, to teach us to mentor us, to coach us, to help us. And the Holy Spirit is available every second of the day, seven days a week, 365 days a year until the day that we pass on. The Holy Spirit is available to mentor you if you will be teachable. I'll tell you what, I want His leading. I want to be Spirit-led. I want to be Spirit-mentored. Don't you? I think it's interesting that Coach John Wooden the winningest coach of, of all history. He coached uh, 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 the, uh, the Bruins, uh, the UCLA Bruins, back in the 60s and 70s. And he was the, the winningest coach. He referred to himself as a teacher. That's what he saw himself as. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is my mentor now. I claim him as my mentor. Look at these scriptures. 1 John 2.27 As for you... The anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. Wow. Now, does that mean that you need to, okay, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to listen to Steve or this pastor or that teacher. No. Here's the deal. Right now, this isn't, this isn't me. This is, the, this is somehow God using me to pass this on. You're being taught by the Holy Spirit. This is, I, I take no credit for this. Amen? And so you need to be taught directly by God. That's, that's the crime of religion. Religion seeks to get in between God and people. We don't need religion. We need a direct connection with the Holy Spirit for Him to mentor us, teach us, direct us, and help us. But it goes on in 1 John 2.27, But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. Remain Spirit-led. Remain full of the Holy Spirit who wants to come into your heart, into your life, and guide you and lead you. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. It says, but the advocate, I love that. That's a legal term. That's like a defense attorney. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. But he doesn't just teach you once. It says, and he'll remind you of everything that I've said to you as well. I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded over and over and over and over of the things that I learned spiritually because I forget them. And I used to think, well, I need, I need to remember all these things. And the Lord really told me to to kind of chill out a little bit and say, don't worry, my Holy Spirit will remind you when you need to be reminded. Isn't that awesome? So listen, be teachable, and the Holy Spirit will teach the Spirit-led person. But this verse goes on. We're going uh, back uh, again into uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. It talks about spiritual words, spiritual words or a spiritual language. And the way we talk, I want you to think about this, the way you think reflects the way that you talk. It, it, just, it just does. I love, 
and and I, I don't pick people apart when I do this, but I love listening to people because when you hear the way they talk, you can learn about the way they think. All right, so a detailed thinker, their conversation is incredibly detailed. Have you ever noticed that? Somebody that exp explains every detail and they seem to be able to talk without taking a breath. And you may as well just sit back for about 30 minutes and just listen to them because their thoughts are so detailed and it just spills out of their mouth. Whereas there's also people who th their, their words are few, but what they say has a lot of weight. And you can't forget what they say. And they're concise and they're succinct in what they say. They, they think in bullet points and they talk in bullet points as well. Well, whatever's in your mind comes out of your mouth. There's people who have angry thoughts, so they have angry words. There's people who have manipulative thoughts, and then the way they talk follows suit. Okay? So similarly, the Holy Spirit teaches us, and He gives us His thoughts and his thoughts translate into spiritual words or a spiritual language, um, a spiritual lingo, if you will. And I want to give you some examples so it's not just something that uh, sounds bizarre or kind of vague or ambiguous. But here, here's a couple of examples that I've experienced. A couple of years ago, I was really hoping that the Lord would help me to change my job, go to a different employer. I work full-time. I enjoy it. But I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd actually like to go work somewhere else. And the Holy Spirit told me one day as I was thinking about this, He told me, finish what I'm finishing. Now that's a spiritual word. I didn't come up with that. That came out of left field. But it made such a distinct impression on me that that spiritual lingo, it, it sounded differently, you know, and it, and it gave me guidance. I found that it gave me guidance. Here's another example. And I've told this in church before, but I was walking my dog, and I'm no dog whisperer, okay? I, dogs, animals, they do not respond well to me, but I was walking my dog, and my dog was pulling and tugging and changing directions. It'd stop when I wanted to move and pull ahead when I wanted to walk slower, yanking left to right, always wanting to sniff this, that, or the other. It was super annoying. And as I was dealing with my stupid dog, thinking that I wish I could just walk by myself or walk with the dog just calmly beside me the spirit told me you're just like your dog and instantly i knew what the holy spirit was talking about that i'm always jerking this way and jerking that way and the holy spirit wished that i would just walk and step with him worry free trusting him every step of the way i'll give you another another example ah there's several of them we probably don't have time for all of them but i, re I remember once praying for someone and the Holy Spirit showed me and said, she will see heaven before she goes to heaven. You know, those kinds of thoughts, those kinds of thoughts don't come from the human mind. And that language doesn't sound like a, your typical American talking, all right? That's a spiritual language. I remember praying for someone else and, and having this word come to me, I'm going to put fire in their word and fire in their touch. You know, that, that doesn't come from me. Those thoughts come from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm sure that many of you have had the Holy Spirit place His thought in your mind, and the words sounded so unique, so strong, so powerful, so life-changing, 
That's a spiritual language. So the spirit-led person is going to be taught by God consistently. The spirit-led person is going to be taught by God consistently. Let's move on to verse 14. The person without the spirit, this is in 1 Corinthians 2, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that comes from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Verse 15, the person with the Spirit, and I'm going to pause there. We'll get through the rest of this verse in a second. But look in verse 14, the person without the Spirit, and then in verse 15, the person with the Spirit. person without the Spirit, the person with the Spirit, and... I want to make this point. We have the option every day of our lives to live without the Spirit and do things ourselves or to live with the Spirit and to be Spirit-led. We have that option every single day. And so, but I've got to realize if I'm going to walk in the natural, if I'm going to walk in my own strength without the Spirit, that means I'm going to be walking by my own feelings, my own natural self, I'll have mood swings, I'll get depressed, then I'll be super happy, um, I'll be super angry, and then all of a sudden I'll be able to forgive. I'll be up and down, up and down, up and down. Let me tell you what, when you live with the Spirit, you don't have those up and downs as much. In fact, they begin to normalize almost entirely. Yes, we're human, yes, we'll have sorrowful times, happy times, but our mood swings won't be there anymore because we're Spirit-led. We're with the Spirit. And I've got to realize that if I'm going to walk in my natural self without the Spirit of God, doing it on my own strength, I can't access God's benefits. I can't have faith. So we as Christians, if we wake in the morning and we just feel faithless, we can't have faith in God, we're not in the Spirit yet. We're not walking with the Spirit that day yet. And our goal is to get with the Spirit that day. Ask God, fill me with your Holy Spirit this morning so I can have faith. Stop striving to have faith. Stop striving to have peace or joy. Start striving to open your heart and simply receive the Holy Spirit of God. And the fruits of the Spirit will begin to operate in your life just naturally. Praise God. So... Uh, you'll start having God confidence instead of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. But with God's help, it's up to me every morning to wake up, to die to my natural, old, nasty, ugly self, and to ask God to fill me with His Holy Spirit so that I can start having all those things, those attitudes and those perspectives that I can only have with, a, with God's help. So how can I know? If I'm walking in my natural self, well, if I, am I depressed? Am I distracted? Am I pursuing my own selfish agendas? Are my thoughts uh, always having to do with how someone hurt me or I don't have what they have or I'm stressed out, I'm worried? All of these are signals that we're walking without the Holy Spirit. And so if I can begin to be spirit-reliant instead of self-reliant, a lot of things are going to change in my life. So a spirit-led person decides to be filled with the Holy Spirit every morning. Every morning. This, this verse goes on, and I'll read it kind of from the top here. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things 
and such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Okay, this one hit me like a ton of bricks, and so I want you to ask, ask you, and I want you to, to feel this right now. Have you ever felt condemned by somebody? Have you ever felt judged by somebody? And you feel maybe guilty or ashamed because you haven't met their expectations, or maybe you've had regrets and you wish you could do something in the past, you know, redo it and do it differently. Well, a while back, I was in the midst of feeling this way, feeling really, really condemned. And it wasn't a while back, it was like just a few weeks ago, all right? So this wasn't long ago at all. And I was feeling really accused and really condemned. And I could picture in my mind, that this situation, this person was condemning me, and Jesus stepped in between me and this person and blocked their condemnation and looked me in the eye and said, but I don't condemn you. But I don't condemn you. And he got in between me and my accuser, and he stopped all the accusation, and I felt such insane peace, incredible peace, because a spirit-led person can't be judged by people. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Let me read the scripture again. Such a person, a spirit-led person, cannot be subject to merely human judgments. Mm -hmm. And you could even say, but I did mess up. It was my fault. But here it's saying in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, I think we're on. A spirit-led person cannot be subject to merely human judgments. And you go to Romans 8.1 and it says it. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are free from condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those of us that are on the line, and there are several of us on the line that are experiencing condemnation right now, if you will be led of the Spirit, you won't be subject to human judgment anymore. It might be coming at you, but it won't do you any harm. You don't have to listen to it anymore, even if it's the truth. Because Jesus isn't condemning you, and that's the voice that you and I need to be listening to. I love it here. I'll put this verse together in the English Standard Version. 1 Corinthians 2.15 The spiritual person judges all thing, things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Oh, man, that's awesome. 1 Corinthians 2.15. I'll read it just one more time. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Mm -hmm. Praise the heavenly God who protects us from condemnation. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Who's the accuser of the brethren? The Bible says the devil is. And people are. <laughs> people accuse us. But Jesus isn't accusing us. Thank the Lord. So if you were led by the Spirit, you are not subject to anyone's judgment. The Bible says you are judged by no one if you are Spirit-led. We're almost done. Don't worry. Here goes. Last one. Verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 2. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. You can confidently say about yourself and make a declaration of yourself every morning if you have opened your heart to the Lord and He's living in your life, perfecting you little by little, 
you can confidently say this, I have the mind of Christ. His thoughts rule in my mind and his thoughts carry me each and every day. Praise God, his spirit, his thoughts carries us each and every day. I'll end with this. So in our youth discipleship group, just in the last couple of weeks, just in the last couple of weeks, someone asked, how can I keep my mind on God throughout the day? And I've asked my, my, myself this question many times. I want to keep my mind on God. It's frustrating. I can do it in the morning, but then by the time noon time's around, I've totally forgotten everything. And I'm out of, the, out of that zone. I don't have that vibe anymore. I'm, I'm gone, you know. And by nighttime, I just want to go to bed and, and hope for better, you know, a better tomorrow. You can keep your mind on God throughout the day if you're spirit-led. The spirit is there all the time. The Holy Spirit of God is there. And as we are spirit-led, we begin to have the mind of Christ and our thoughts naturally focus on God, His Word, His promises, and His wonders. They just naturally kind of gravitate. I'll never forget another, another young, young person, I think she was 12 or 13, said, it's so cool, I keep being distracted by God. <laughs> And she would be, she described it, she'd be at school and she'd be kind of daydreaming a little bit thinking, I wonder what this verse means. And God was distracting her. How would you like the, the tables to be flipped and instead of being distracted away from God, having God distract you? Wow, that's awesome. So in summary, and I'm sorry this has been a little long today. In summary, the spirit-led person learns to simply receive the Holy Spirit. You don't go out and get the Holy Spirit. You receive Him because God is giving Him. Number two, your spirit-led, excuse me, as you are spirit-led, God will give you what you need and many times what you want. Number three, the spirit-led person is going to be taught by God consistently. Number four, the spirit-led person decides to be filled with the Holy Spirit every morning number five if you are led by the spirit you are not subject to anyone's judgment the bible says you are judged by no one and number six as we are spirit led we begin to have the mind of christ and our thoughts naturally focus on god his word his promises and his wonders let's pray and again i do apologize for uh somewhat a, of a uh, lengthy <laughs> message here but let's pray lord jesus i just thank you O oh god for all your blessings lord god and i i thank you god because we want to be spirit led we want the holy spirit to guide us and lead us we're tired of trying to do things on our own in our own strength by our own means lord our own in, in, intuition or intelligence lord we need your higher power, Lord, to guide us, to guard us, to carry us, Lord. And so I pray for each and every one of us. God, especially those who've been, who've been receiving extreme judgment and condemnation. Holy Spirit of God, come between that person and their accuser, Lord, and let them to begin to, to just enjoy a judgment-free life. Thank you, God, an accusation-free life, Heavenly Father. We praise you and we bless you right now, God. Lord, so be with us this week. Lord, help us to crack open the Bible and begin to read it. 
Lord, to receive, 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 receive. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for it.